All right, and welcome to Don't Tread on America. I am your host, Don Q, and today is Sunday, November 14th, 2021. How's it going out there today, guys? It is a beautiful Sunday here in the beautiful state of uh, Florida. I uh, hope you all are doing well and prosperous and uh, getting ready to watch some football, maybe, or maybe not, if you're anti-NFL like a lot of you probably are. Um, some One thing about that, it's really hard for me to shut that off. So uh, even though there are games on right now, I am with you guys because I missed you all on Friday. It's having a little back soreness, and it was just going to be hard to sit here for any kind of length of time. <laughs> so what we're going to go over today is, I've already titled the show, I've, I've done some research here and there, I've, I've actually... Uh, brought everything I wanted to talk to you about today. Hopefully I don't have to do a whole bunch of searching. So, you know, hey, there you go. I do some things right every now and again. <laughs> All right, so we'll, I think I'm going to title this show The Authoritative States, The Authoritative States of America. Easy for me to say, evidently. So what I want to go over today is uh, Steve Bannon being indicted for contempt of Congress. The FBA, FBI uh, raids Project Veritas. Appeals court blocks the COVID mandate. We knew that was going to happen. And uh, the Arizona school board has a secret dossier of parents. We're going to go into that story. But first, what I want to talk about is our sponsor. And that's right, Redcon1.com. Guys, check them out. Go to the uh, go to their website. Check out their their all their. Uh, Workout pre-workouts, their uh, proteins. It's a great um, nutritional company. They have a lot of good stuff. I like I said, I use the protein powder, the bars. I actually need to make an order out today because they do have a sale right now. So you can do that too. Uh, just go to the link at the bottom of the podcast page that you're listening to this on. Use the uh, promo code, and you can get twenty percent off. But if you go in there today on Sunday, they have a sale right now, and it's forty percent off. So. Check them out. But if you use that link, that way they'll know that I sent you. Uh, use T20 Cordimus. And uh, that way, you know, I can show show that uh, we're, we're paying dividends, so to speak. Um, another thing I want to talk to you guys about is um, the website. Make sure you guys are going to the website, donttreadonamerica.com. That's uh, one-stop shopping. From there, you can access all the social media pages uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, which, like I said, I haven't really been recording lately. I'm trying to get Rumble um, figured out. I'm trying to figure out a, a better way to do that, but still a work in progress. I'm, you know, one man show here trying to do research, put everything together, and everything. It's it's not not the easiest job in the world. <laughs> so, but like I said, this is not a job for me. This is a uh, a project. This is a uh, hobby, so to speak, you know, if, if anything more comes to it, then so be it. But, uh, in the meantime, uh, this is it. I do appreciate you guys listening. Um, we are heard all over the world. It's kind of crazy when you think about it. Um, I've been noticing looking at the downloads, uh, we got people in Russia listening to us. Uh, hopefully that's a good thing. Hopefully these are patriots and, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't, it's kind of weird when you see some of these countries, people that are listening, uh, you, you gotta, you know, kind of wonder 
but you know, I welcome all and everybody that wants to listen, guys. Please share this with your friends. Um, right now, and then I appreciate all the people in California that I have listening. It's it's another thing. You look at the states; I can see what states are downloading, and uh, it's interesting to see the states that are downloading the uh, and listening to the show. The the uh, quote unquote blue states, as they were. Uh, California, New York, um, Connecticut, uh, New Hampshire, Vermont, uh, Michigan, I don't know, just a couple different ones off, you know, Illinois, um, just trying to think of blue states off the top of my head that I saw on the map. Uh, I, I just think it's cool, you know, that the word's getting out there and you guys are, are slowly but surely we're getting this thing turned on. We're almost to 5,000 downloads. I'd really like to get there this week. That'd be awesome. So if you guys could help me out with that. Make sure you're sharing this with your friends. I'm heard on everything that you can listen. Anywhere you can listen to a podcast, this show is there, with the exception of, of Pandora. And like I said, fuck Pandora, right? So uh, your friends have no excuses. They have an iPhone. They have an Android. They have a laptop. They can listen to this show. Just give them the link. Share with them. And if, like I said, one more thing. If you're listening to this on Apple uh, Podcast, if you could give me a five-star like rating there, that would help me out a lot. All right. On to the first story of the day. Steve Bannon, uh, you know him. He was the uh, Trump's, uh, he was his freaking, uh, damn, what is the word I'm looking for? House, uh, the White House chief strategist for Donald Trump. That's right. And uh, he wasn't in the job very long. I'm not exactly sure off the top of my head. Anyway, you know, he's been accused of um, the January 6th or having a part of the January 6th insurrection as it were um so this article here is from axios and uh, it goes into say the justice department uh contempt of congress charges against steve bannon sent a message not only to other witnesses called by the january 6th inquest but to countless others people <coughs> who face congressional sub- subpoenas driving the news um the message is uh it's a new day for Congress investigation muscle. I'm going to go into this without reading all the, the, the highlights here. Um, basically, what they're going to do is anyone that was in the Trump um, White House, and like I said, Bannon wasn't even in there terribly long. Um, he, uh, you know, that you've seen that they've gone after Roger Stone, Michael Flynn, it, uh, Meadows, I think, was another one. They're going to continue to do this. The thing that kills me is Trump has had more people called, you know, from his administration, including himself, in contempt of Congress. So I was, I was looking it up, and I, let me see. There's not including Bannon, see Chad Wolf, Trump, William Barr, but you take those guys out of there. You know, you've had a ton. Of people held in contempt of Congress since 1975. Uh, in that time frame, the last person to actually serve time for for that was um, Rita Lavelle. She was out of the uh, Reagan administration. Uh, she was um, EPA official. Uh, I think it was. I read that real quick. She was uh, wasn't didn't want to turn over 
documents or whatever having to do with something. And of course, she spent like six, uh, I think it was six months in, in prison or whatever. Um, I, irregardless, my point being is, is as long as the Democrats are in charge of Congress and Senate, no one in the Trump that was in the Trump uh, White House is going to be safe. It's just a matter of time as they continue to go through these list of names. Anyone that they think had anything to do with January 6th, the uh, tour, as it were, through the Capitol, um, isn't safe. You know, um, <clears throat> the, I, I don't know. It's very frustrating to to read all this and... Um, I guess the biggest thing is with all of, with this right now is um, with Bannon being indicted. He's the first uh, former Trump advisor to um, to be indicted from this uh, Capitol Insurrection Committee, whatever it's called. And the first time the Justice Department, like I said, has um, charged anyone with contempt since '83. In the meantime, <laughs> so you're talking '83. That's what damn near 40 years ago. You mean to tell me no one in that time frame has lied to Congress, right? Um, but they're coming for you. Uh, Meadows also, so um, Mark Meadows, he's he's going to be next, guarantee you. Probably this week, I wouldn't be surprised because uh, former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows may fa- face criminal charges of contempt and he failed to appear before the June, uh, January 6th committee Friday. So, surely... They, um, you know, they are indicting Bannon. Mark Meadows is going to be next. Uh, who's going to be next? You know, who's after him? So I think it's just, a, like I said, if you don't, if you're not against Trump, no matter what side of the, the aisle you're on, you, you, you're next. If you had anything, especially these, these close allies, I, I think I heard the names that are being, um, called in front of Congress for this. And I didn't say Congress, but in front of this January 6th committee, whatever. So you heard Mark Meadows, um, I think Kaylee McInerney, um, anyone that was really close with Trump and his, like I don't see uh, Mike Pence being called, but uh, anyone that was in the White House towards the end of his his run there, and uh, if they spoke out on anything about this January 6th situation, guarantee you their, their name's going to be next to be called. So watch out this week. You'll probably see Mark Meadows. Since he didn't show up for the for the thing on Friday, he'll probably be in contempt this week. And then uh, I would assume, secondly, after, after Mark Meadows would be, I would be surprised if Kaylee McInerney, unless she actually shows up, uh, who's to say? What kills me about all of this is the the federal government in general from congress senate to the fbi to the president himself um no matter what realm of government this this particular show is going to be covering all all spans of government so we just talked about congress so we're going to arrest steve bannon because he didn't want to show up to your thing all i know is whenever the tides change and hopefully that's in the next year. And then subsequently in 24, we have a new president, whether it be Donald Trump or DeSantis or whomever. 
just wait. I guarantee you, we as Republicans, what needs to happen is we got to quit trying to be the nice guy. If we're going to be the party of law and order, then we need to do to them what they want done to us. So, anyway. So the FBI last week raids uh, Project Veritas writers over the missing Biden diary. So, uh, what's her name? Ashley Biden, I believe. Yeah. So this is from Jonathan Turley. So there is a curious story out this weekend on, on reported that the FBI raids of writers and associates of Project Veritas, the conservative investigation journalist and outfit. Project Veritas has been described variously by gonzo or guerrilla journalism, and some insist it is more a political than a press organization. However, it fits the definition of journalism, in my view, and it makes the raids troubling. Well, it does because regardless of what the whoever is reporting the regardless of their agenda i mean no one raids snopes for you know the quote unquote fact checking that they do no one raids uh cnn or msnbc or these journalism no because you're going against these people's first amendment rights now the problem with this is you you raid um Shit, what's his name? James O'Keefe. You, they raided his home, his I think it's apartment or condo or whatever. So uh, I'll, I'll read on here. So supposedly so, her, Ashley Biden, uh, diary's been missing, okay? And stuff's been leaking out from the uh, diary. I'm curious. I, I really want to look into that and see if I can find anything because supposedly there's some pretty uh, creepy and freaky stuff in this thing. So... Let me read on here. The New York Times reported that the FBI searched two locations in New York in search of the stolen diary, quote-unquote stolen, it says, that went missing days before the 2020 presidential election. Project founder James O'Keefe questioned how the Times received the story within an hour of the first raid. So I would assume that's a, that's a good question. I know I've been hearing that the FBI tipped the um, New York Times off, because how would you know, Right. O'Keefe says that the organization actually received a tip that the diary 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 was abandoned in the in a room, an allegation that harkened back to the abandoned laptop of Hunter Biden. However, Ashley reported listed reportedly listed shit, Don. I, I can't fucking read today. I tell you what. Ashley reportedly insisted it was stolen. <laughs> the use of the FBI, FBI is also reminiscent of the still unexplained use of the FBI when Joe Biden was vice president to search for a gun owner or a gun owned by Hunter Biden that was discarded behind a restaurant. Yeah, I don't know if you guys heard about that story. So supposedly, I don't recall, I think it was a 38 or 357, uh, the wife or her his uh, brother's widow or whoever, someone took a gun, put it in a trash can. I don't fucking know. But, you know, instead of calling the police, because God forbid, you know, if I'm not mistaken, Hunter wasn't supposed to have any kind of hand, any kind of guns because he's a felon. Um, he, Joe Biden, you know, uses personal FBI to uh, find the gun and go through reports and so on and so forth. Anyway, Project Veritas decided not to run the story because it could not verify that the diary belonged to Biden. So I guess Project Veritas had the had the uh, diary. 
And like I said, they're saying, quote unquote, stolen. They're not claiming, they obviously not claiming that they stole it, but that it was found. But that even then they couldn't verify that it was her diary. So they didn't even run the stories on it. Now, the fact that you, you have this information, you obviously have read the diary and maybe even made copies of said diary. Now that the FBI is kicking in your door, I guess that pretty much verifies that the diary is hers, right? So you just, you just got confirmation that the diary, <laughs> diary is hers via the FBI kicking in your front door. So instead, it alerted the, it, uh, alerted the police, according to O'Keefe, Project Veritas gave the diary uh, to law enforcement to ensure it could be returned to the rightful owner. We never published it. So why the raids? Since uh, when does the FBI conduct raids over missing diaries, right? Missing diaries of, at the time, a person who wasn't even the president, wasn't even in public office. And it wasn't even his diary. It was his grown-ass adult daughter. You know, it's not like she's 12. Why, why are you so stressed over a diary? Hmm, interesting. The FBI can cite the interstate elements of the alleged theft as raising a federal crime. However, what is a crime? It is not clear that they are suggesting that the responsible parties were seeking to sell the diary or that there was some national security element, which would be, which would be bizarre because Biden's daughter was writing this before her father even became president, right? Journalist organizations are routinely given material removed from businesses, agencies, or private owners without permission by confidential sources. If this is a federal crime subject to FBI raids, what happened to the new media policy of the Biden administration after the Tucker Carlson controversy? There are a host of unanswered questions. Here are five to start with. What, and this is, this is probably the biggest question right here, what was the context of the diary? Um, you know, did Ashley leave the diary in a room or was it stolen? What was the alleged federal crime? And what was the precedent for the major federal investigation over the alleged theft? What precautions were taken by the Biden administration in light of the claimed media status of the targeted individuals? Why was there a delay in the action being taken in the alleged theft occurred a year ago? And um, has this matter been under investigation for a year? And did the FBI or did the White House request intervention? of the FBI. Regardless of how one feels about Project Veritas, there could be calls from media outlets for some answers of these basic questions, like Congress should be seeking such an answer um, as part of its oversight committee. So in the meantime, what they're saying here is, since uh, you guys are so worried about the January 6th insurrection, where a bunch of people went on a tour of the Capitol and you had a couple assholes break some things, I get that. Um... That's a story for another day, I guess. As that unfolds more, that'll be a show. But uh, here we're using the, you know, the FBI to investigate a diary, a missing diary that may or may not have been stolen, that may or may not have just been misplaced. Um, why? Like, like you said, this what happened prior to him being president. So there's obviously, and it's and it's the daughters diary so it's obviously nothing there saying 
oh, here's the nuclear launch codes. Oh, here's and even if even if it did have that, I guess you would have to question why in hell's your daughter got the classified information in her diary. That's neither here here nor there. The stories I'm hearing about what's in that diary is shit that happened when she was a little girl and daddy taking her in the shower and doing I, I don't know that he sexually did anything or if he just sniffed her hair. I'm not I'm not here to say that. Uh, it, it does make you wonder why the rush over a diary that was written by the president's daughter. What could possibly be in this um, in this diary that uh, has the FBI up in a tizzy, right? And then furthermore, why does the FBI tip other news organizations as to what they're doing? You know, this happened when Roger Stone, when they raided uh, Roger Stone's house down in Florida, uh, they tipped off, I think it was CNN, and sure shit, here's the FBI, you know, kicking in the door of Roger Stone, and it's all being covered on on uh, CNN live and in person. So, interesting how that happens. Uh, but we'll have to see. Okay, so this is something we've been talking about. Uh, I talked about it this past week when the uh, Fifth Court of Appeals did the uh, stay on the... Uh, OSHA COVID mandates, and I told you that the uh, the government, the president, whomever, had till the twelfth to uh, to make uh, their argument, so to speak. And evidently, no one ever came about. So this is from Newsbreak: Appeals Court blocks COVID vaccine mandates for businesses larger than 100 employees. <clears throat> so. Um, federal court confirmed its block on Biden's vaccine mandate, calling it a standard, uh, blah, 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 <laughs> staggeringly overbroad. So, um, let me read this right here. What is this? Federal court declines to lift, stay on Biden. Yeah. I mean, basically everything you're looking at is, um, Yeah, a lot of people talking about quitting and stuff, but let me read this here. Um, federal court upheld its ban on Biden's vaccine mandate um, for firms with 100 or more workers. The 5th District Court called the Roost Staggling. I, I'm really sorry today, guys. I can't read for shit. <laughs> called the rules staggeringly overbroad in an opinion published Friday. The mandate is a one-size-fits-all sledgehammer, the ruling said. I guess that's how I got to read it, like I'm some fucking news guy from the 80s or something. I can't just sit here and talk. I fucking bumble words like an idiot. At any rate, a federal court upheld a ban on President Joe Biden's vaccine mandate for firms with 100 or more workers, describing the scope of rules as staggeringly overbroad. A three-person panel on the Fifth Court uh, Circuit Court of Appeals in New Orleans, which covers Texas, Louisiana, and parts of Mississippi, issued a ruling Friday to keep the rule on hold. The judges upheld their original decision to block the rules which the Biden administration had um, appealed against. The mandate is staggeringly overbroad, the opinion said, arguing that it failed to consider that COVID-19 is more dangerous than um, to some workers than others. And, uh, you know, we talked about, I talked about, I want to say maybe it was Wednesday when we were talking about this. And... Uh, Number one, if you're vaccinated, 
you're good. How can me not being vaccinated affect you, the vaccinated? Right? Okay. Um, the, the mandate fails um, almost completely to address or even respond to much of this reality as, and common sense. The opinion also described the mandate as a one-size-fits-all sledgehammer that makes hardly any attempt to account for differences in workplaces. The Biden administration has previously argued that halting the rollout of the mandate could lead to hundreds of deaths. I think it said dozens to hundreds, so it's pretty a broad spectrum. But nonetheless, the rules are not to do the rules are not due to take effect until January fourth. But contractedly legal battle could hold them up even further. I'm going to say this about that. I talked about this a couple of different times, a couple of different shows. It's basically mandating the flu shot. I, I don't care, whatever, whatever, whatever. I am not here to argue whether COVID is real, whether it is fake, whether it came from a, um, you know, a lab in Wuhan, whether the cat ate the bat and the bat ate the rat and the penguin fucked them both in the ass. I don't care about that. Okay. I know COVID is real in the sense that it exists. It is a virus. It is what it is, right? That, that's the phrase of 21, by the way, if no one knows that. The, the phrase of 2021, it is what it is. Anyway, <laughs> that's a little work joke from people listening to this. Anyway, um, I, I had, like you guys know this, back in August I had COVID. Okay, my wife had COVID. She was sicker than I was. My sickness was different than hers. Hers was more flu type, you know, symptoms. Mine, I just really couldn't taste or uh, smell anything. You know, I was a little more winded than normal, but it lasted shortly, and I was good. She, same thing with her. And, and it is true, yes, you see other people, it, it affects worse. Some people, if you have some comorbidities, if you are overweight, or if you have uh, heart issues or lung issues or whatever the case may be, you might have a harder time getting over it. I get all that, okay? But if you are so scared that you feel like you need to get the vaccine, Guess what? Go get the vaccine. Okay? Here's a better idea. Go talk to your doctor. Okay? I'm sick and tired of watching the news, watching the president, watching the press secretaries and the surgeon generals and whoever in the fuck else wants to get out there and say whatever in the fuck they want to say. I'm telling you this. I'm not anti-vaccine. Okay? When I was a baby, surely I had whatever vaccines I was supposed to have. Rubella and smallpox and polio and whatever else right and then when my kids were babies same thing I wasn't one of those I'm not going to get them this that you know whatever but those are actual vaccines they're proven vaccines that whatever whatever they were for they worked my kids got the polio vaccine guess what didn't get polio <laughs> they got the smallpox vaccine guess what didn't get small smallpox right um this isn't a vaccine I'm sorry, by definition, or I, I should say what the old definition used to be, this isn't a vaccine. This is a flu shot. This is something to make the symptoms less. People that get the vaccine can still get COVID. The only difference is they're, you know, this, is, this isn't me talking. This isn't, you know, Don, I stayed at a Holiday Inn Express last night. Uh, Mr. S Bill Nye, the science guy, saying this shit. This is their science. If you get the vaccine, you can still get COVID. It just might not be as bad as if, uh, you know, whoever doesn't get the vaccine. 
So it's not a vaccine. You can still get and spread COVID. Okay, period, period, point blank. There's no arguing. That's fact. Um, the difference is, and you'll hear plenty of people say this, where they're not, you know, I've had, you know, you'll hear uh, like Brian Kilmeade, for example, on Fox says, you know, I've had the vaccine. I've had both shots. I'm not anti-vaccine. I'm anti-mandate. And that's, and that's how it is. I think that's how it should be. You can go talk to your doctor. Your doctor can try and convince you. They're, he or she's going to tell you what they feel is right or, right or wrong about it, whatever the case may be. It's still, ultimately, it's up to you to make that decision. It's not up to you to listen to me or any other podcast out there. And it's not even up to you to listen to your doctor. You can listen to your doctor, hear what he or she has to say, but you still don't have to do it just because your doctor says so. Um, your call. <laughs> That's the beauty about living in America. It's your call. Welcome to America. It's your call. But I will say this, um, not to get into a whole conspiracy theory about vaccines. We might have to save that for another show. I'm hoping, hoping to have a guest this week. We'll have to see. And maybe we'll touch base on this, but I was listening to one of the other podcasts I listened to. I can't recall who it was, so forgive me. But um, they were talking about the vaccine, the mandates, and it's funny how they're only mandating this vaccine for people that work. So if you work at a place of business that right now is 100 or more people, I mean, surely it'll be if there's one or more people working there, but nonetheless, if there's working, uh, it's for the working people. So what about the people on welfare? What about the people that don't work? That They don't have to go get the vaccine? You know, they don't have to get a vaccine to get their get their uh, welfare check? No. I mean, it was similar to a question that happened a couple of years ago about drug testing. Like, for me to have my job, I had to pass a drug test. So why shouldn't the people that get welfare have to take a drug test? Okay? I mean, that's an argument. Like I said, it's an argument for another show. But the interesting thing this person said, and and when they said it, I don't know that they were going down the path that was going down, going down in my brain right now, but the path was we're not making these uh, illegal aliens that are coming up from the you know, south, and, and I'm not going to say Mexicans because they're not necessarily all Mexicans. They're from all sorts of other countries, not even from Central or South America. They're coming from overseas, but nonetheless, they're not enforcing uh, a mandate for them to be uh, vaccinated, right? So why is that? He made a comment where he was like, um, talk, where he was going with this was the illegals coming into the country and getting put in states like Florida and Texas and wherever, mainly red states is what he was referring to. And the idea was, you know, because to use his words, and like I said, I can't recall who said it, so I don't want to say it was whoever and be wrong. So whoever this person was that said this um, basically was referring to the fact that these people, quote unquote, uh, re, you know, reproduce like jackrabbits and, uh, you know, not very user friendly, obviously, what I'm trying to say here and uh, would populate a state quicker and they'd be like minded and so on and so forth. But immediately where my head went with this was, you know, maybe maybe he's right in the sense of the repopulation of a specific race um, because, you know, the, the conspiracy theory of the COVID vaccine is 
that, um, and I'm not saying this is true, this is just what you hear people talking about, that um, they're pushing this on children now to mess with their reproduction, right, where they can't reproduce. You know, I guess that remains to be seen. We obviously don't know if a seven, eight-year-old getting the vaccine today is going to be able to have babies because hopefully that wouldn't happen for another 10, 20 years, right? But uh, I guess that's a story to be told down the road. Surely we'll know more if this country is still standing in 10, 20 years, if that's the case. All right. And uh, I'm going to bounce off of this. I, the one thing I did notice, too, as I was curious. So I think they said the daily average, this was as of uh, Friday when I was looking up this stuff, the daily average death rate, not that one death is any more or less important than another, whether it's one death of 10 deaths, a thousand deaths, whatever it is. But I don't know the exact number. I was thinking 14, 1500 deaths a day um, in America on average. That's across the, the country. Um, it could be higher since you're listening to this, whether you're listening to it on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, whenever you happen to listen to us. I know my downloads seem to happen a couple days after the fact, but nonetheless, do you know that the average car, uh, the, <laughs> the average amount of people killed in car accidents a day is over 3,200? So in essence, if COVID kills on average 14, 1,500 people a day across the country, and 3,200 people die on average a day in car accidents, well, why wouldn't you ban cars? I mean, they're trying to, obviously, but that would include electric cars for this matter. Why wouldn't you mandate, if you were going to mandate this vaccine because it's so deadly and it's going to kill hundreds and thousands and whatever, why would you wait till January 4th? Is it, it wouldn't have anything to do because your retailers, your your Walmarts and your Amazons and some of your big Democratic donors maybe got in your ear a little bit and said, look, we can't really mandate this till after Christmas. You know, we're already shorthanded as it is. But like I said, if I have my guest on Friday, hopefully, I think we'll go into the a lot more of this kind of stuff. Nonetheless, on to the last and most interesting story of the day. So in this in this show where we're calling it the authoritative states of America, right? We talked about Congress, January 6th commission, right? We talked about the FBI raiding uh, journalism, uh, you know, newspaper, Project Veritas. They're not a newspaper. They're not a magazine. They do uh, videography, I guess, would be a, a good way to put it. But nonetheless, so the FBI raiding First Amendment situations, right? And now you got the president, his vaccine mandate being overturned. So we go into more of a local situation of Arizona School Board. I don't know if you guys heard this. Arizona School Board president kept secret dossier on parents opposed to CRT and mask mandates that was discovered after he accidentally sent a link to a mom. <laughs> Private investigator ran background checks and filmed parents. So um, this was in Scottsdale, Arizona. School Board President Jan Michael Greensburg face, uh, faces calls to resign. And this is, um, so a school board president in Arizona has been accused of maintaining a secret online dossier containing personal details about parents who oppose mask mandates and critical race theory. Scottsdale Unified District uh, School District Governing Board President Jan Michael Greensburg 
access to a Google Drive file. He was uh, was revealed after he ac- accidentally displayed a link <laughs> in a cre- screenshot he sent to a parent in a heated email chain. The drive contained files labeled SUSD wackos. I don't know what that means, and anti-mask lunatics, among others, in a sprawling database tracking the online activities of parents in the district. The drive was sent to public, allowing anyone to link and view it, and the contents, including social security numbers, financial information, divorce records, as parents quickly set off a firestorm and calls for him to resign, according to the Arizona Free News. Now, this is out of the Daily Mail. I like to tell you guys where I get my stuff from. That way you can't say I'm being specific or one-sided or whatever. And if you do, I really don't give a fuck, so whatever. The, the district blames Greensburg father, Mark, who shared a home and computer with his son. Create, uh, so they're blaming the dad, the, the, the guy's dad, for creating the bizarre dossier and the school board president had denied involvement. Of course he did, right? I'm going to say this about that. This is the overreach of government. And this is why I say when when we had uh, voting a couple weeks ago around the country, you had, obviously, we didn't vote for president or congresses or anything like that. You had a lot of local. You had a couple of governor races. You had a couple of, uh, I'm sure, across the country, you had plenty of mayoral races and city commissioner races. And But that's why it's very important, guys. This isn't, when you vote, it isn't just about who the president is, who you're voting for Senate or Congress or whatever. I've told you this time and time again that some of these elections, the the um, uh, shit, I can't think of what I'm trying to say here. The uh, the local voting has more to do with you on a personal um, basis than um, who the president is. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, okay, obviously we can sit here and make an argument that um, that uh, shit, uh, what's his name? Biden is fucking things up and the inflation's up and gas is up and this is up and that is up and I get all that. And that does affect um, all of us. You know, our gas prices being high and food prices and, and lumber and whatever and whatnot. I get all that. And yeah, I do hold him responsible, Mr. Uh, Mr. 38% himself. Um, just know that Mrs. 28%'s waiting in the wings. <laughs> but nonetheless, um, uh, a lot of your issues have more to do with who your mayor is, who your city commissioners are, who your, especially if you have kids in school, who your school board members are. Because especially like school board, when it comes to your children, like, I could sit here and say, okay, well, I don't have kids in school, so whatever, right? And um, I get that. But in essence, even though I might not have kids in school, those kids that are in school eventually are going to be adults and going to be running for mayor and Congress and Senate and so on and so forth, right? Those people, those children are going to have an effect on me somewhere down the line, even if I don't know him from Adam. And it's important that when you're voting, like I said, whether it's, we we all know that if you're going to vote, 
we definitely vote every four years for for presidents. Like in the state of Florida, for example, we just had voting um, two weeks ago. And where I live in in Florida, we had a mayor, a couple of city commissioners, and uh, I think that was it. There was a couple of proposals, whatever. Uh, Nothing major, but it's still important for you to go vote. Now, next year, we have voting, and I think they have the senators. uh, I think there's a couple of congressmen uh, running. And then, of course, uh, our governor is running Uh, to the point where... I read where um, the uh, Democratic Party isn't even really trying to fund. Uh, So you'll have situations across the country where the Democratic National Committee helps in funding, uh, you know, people. You know, whoever is going to run for governor, senator, congressman, whatever. And and Republicans do the same thing. I shouldn't just say it's like Democratic thing. They both sides do it. So in a state, if you have a Democratic governor, the RNC might come in and say, okay, this person here gives us the best chance to to win against whomever, so we're going to back that person. And how they back them is they don't necessarily fund them a hundred percent, but they might help them out with commercials and you know packs, and they you know might get Trump to come in there or whoever come in there and and rally for them. But it's also come to the point where in Florida, DeSantis is so popular that. Th- the DNC isn't really going to sink a lot of money behind any particular candidate. Not to say that they won't help back. I think Charlie Crist is running for whatever fucking reason. And then I also think uh, the attorney, not the attorney general, but the, uh, the hell, the ag commissioner or whatever. I, I can't think of her name off the top of my head. But so I, I know those are two people that'll be running. I think Moody's her name. I can't think of that. I think that might be the attorney general. But nonetheless, um, they don't stand a shot in hell. And uh, you'll, you'll obviously, you're going to have people come out against DeSantis and you're going to have people say, oh, he tried to kill people. But the fact of the matter is, right now in Florida, the numbers are low. The numbers are non-existent as far as COVID is concerned. You have people from all across the country coming to to Florida just, you know, for whatever reason, vacation, whatever, and they're leaving here like, what the fuck? It's like COVID doesn't exist down here. And it does. I'm not saying it doesn't. But what I mean by people saying it doesn't exist is in a situation of masks and uh, social distancing and only so many people allowed in a restaurant. It's not the case. Now, we have our issues in the sense of when you go out to eat, certain places might be shorthanded. You know, prices are obviously higher than they were a year ago or two years ago. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. And you still see people wearing masks. And, and I'll be honest with you, it really drives me crazy sometimes when I see these people because it's like, bro, really? And then when they're outside and they're walking and they're by themselves, it's like, uh, really? Really? Anyway, so with that being said, I do not have a feel-good story of the day. I'm sorry, I forgot to look one up, so sue me. We'll have one uh, coming up Wednesday when I talk to you again. Now, I am going to say this. I'm going to wrap the show up here. And uh, before I do, before I say what I'm going to say, I want to talk about our last sponsor. Can't forget about them, right? Legendary. Smoothmyballs.com backslash DTOM for 20% off all razors and razor accessories. 
Check them out. Links will be at the bottom of the page. And uh, don't forget Redcon 1 also, guys. Sale this weekend. Big sale, big sale. Hit them. Tay's win- Tay is Sunday. Sunday, Sunday. Got again today. Anyway, um, what I want to say is words. Um, I might, might do a show tomorrow on Monday. And the only reason I say that is if the written, the uh, Kyle Rittenhouse written, written, written show, written McGillicuddy. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, unless that verdict comes out tomorrow. If, if, if nothing comes about tomorrow, I'll talk to you guys on, on Wednesday. But I, <laughs> there is word that obviously the, uh, there's gonna be closing statements tomorrow and, uh, It'll go to the jury. I think the uh, prosecution is looking to try and get lesser charges now instead of murder because they know they fucked up. I don't know how close you guys have been paying attention to this, to the case. Um, obviously, the kid was defending himself. Should he have been there? Should he have taken the gun? You know, that's not for me to decide. Um, he was obviously there to help people, had the gun for his protection, needed it. Used it. It is what it is. Um, the fact that you have plenty of um, media sites and the president himself calling this kid a white supremacist, I say that's on you. And the reason I say that is because, number one, is a white kid, 17 years old at the time, right, shot three white people, killing two, you know, injuring the other, uh, obviously, in self-defense, it's been corroborated by everybody, including the one person that lived that he shot, right? If you guys are watching this uh, court case at all, or even if you hit some highlights, when uh, Gage, whatever his last name is, was uh, cross-examined by the defense, they were like, well, Mr. Rittenhouse didn't uh, raise his gun to you until you had the gun pointed at him. Is that correct? And the guy's like, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I got news for you. If you come at me and I'm rolling around with my AR and I have the muzzle down and you raise a hand, I don't give a fuck if it's a handgun or not, you raise a gun to me, I'm going to vaporize your fucking arm too. Um, and then the other two, you know, uh, the prosecution really blew this case. You know, what, you think kicking, getting kicked in the head is a uh, means to shoot somebody? Uh, yeah, it's called defending yourself. Okay? Shouldn't have brought a foot to a gunfight. Right, I know that's not how it goes, but still. And then he tried to uh, say that Gage, whatever his last name, he only had a handgun, and you had an AR-15, a deadly semi-automatic killing machine. Okay, a gun is a gun. Number one, number two. I don't know. I think the uh, Gage, gross, whatever his last name is, had a a Glock. Which is a forty? He had a Glock thirty. I think it was a thirty-seven, twenty-seven, whatever, whatever Glock he had. But it's a forty cal. So whatever Glock model it was, whatever it was, a forty cal. Um, if you guys know anything about guns, you know that a forty cal, especially at close range, a bullet's a bullet, right? Either one of them's gonna hurt. But a forty cal is gonna do more damage than a two-two-three. So a two-two-three, essentially isn't that much bigger than a 22. The difference between a 22 bullet and a 223 is obviously the the uh, the velocity, the muzzle velocity of the gun. And it's more for distance. You And at that distance they were due, that gun, that <laughs> bullet was going to go through and through. Yeah, I mean, the fact that he killed the two is he just hit him in the right spot. 
you know, that that uh, Colt, or I'm sorry, that uh, 40 cal would do a lot more damage to a person if he had hit, if that gauge guy had shot Rittenhouse. But nonetheless, I'm not here to argue semantics and ammunition and whatnot for you. But nonetheless, point being is, it doesn't matter whose gun was bigger than whose. You pull a gun out, you're going to get shot, period. And the fact that you have these news media, the president, whoever else calling this kid a white supremacist for killing two white guys and shooting another is stupid. If you didn't learn anything from the Covington kids and the Sandman, you know, when CNN was calling him a white supremacist for smiling when an Indian was beating the drum. I'm sure you guys saw the the story on that a couple of years ago, right? Um, and he won, what, $25 million, I think, from suing CNN? Guarantee Rittenhouse gets off. There's probably going to be riots. There's probably going to be shit going on. They already got the National Guard in Kenosha. They're getting ready. They know it's coming. It is what it is. Like I said, that's the uh, phrase of 21. Guarantee you there's going to be lawsuits. The mom's already been out doing her media rounds on different uh, different shows, calling out Biden for what he said. He Not only did he say it, but he tweeted it, and it's out there. There's no hiding it. It is it is what it is. Uh, guarantee you there's going to be lawsuits. Guaranteed. He gets off this week. He gets found not guilty. Or they, the judge throws out a mistrial, no prejudice, whatever the case is. Whatever it is, and he's not guilty, I would be willing to bet within the next, I, I would say within the next week, but definitely before the end of the year, guarantee you there's some lawsuits for uh, defamation. So, I guess we'll have to wait and see. So, with that being said, guys, please go to the website, dontreadonamerica.com. Go to the Facebook page. We're blowing up there. We're almost to 1,000 likes on that. Uh, check out our Twitter. Kind of slacking there, but I don't really put a lot on there, so that's kind of my fault. But nonetheless, uh, check out the Twitter. If you guys want to follow me on Twitter, it's PCGC underscore 1775. Follow me there. If you don't, that's cool. Go to the website. Check me out. Don'ttreadonamerica.com on Instagram and on Facebook. And uh, please, guys, like, share. Most importantly, share. Share, share, share. And if you're listening to this on Apple, please give me a five-star rating. It helps a lot. It helps with the reviews. It helps with with traffic and, and other people seeing this podcast. So please, guys, if you could help me out with that. And with that being said, today is November 14th, 2021. And I will talk to you guys Wednesday. If not before then, we'll see what happens with Rittenhouse. You guys have a great day, and I'll talk to you later. 